Good evening. I'm Kate France. And I'm Tabby Tyler. Tonight we talk about American history education's unequal representation of minorities. So grab a beverage. It's time for a night in. So, I was introduced to a new fictional race today. And it's one I hadn't heard of before. And that's really impressive because as a hardcore nerd, I've heard about pretty much all of them. I'm pretty well versed, you know. I know my Klingons. I know my elves. Vulcans. Twi'leks. Wookiees. Dwarves. Hobbits. Exactly. Yeah. We know them all, right? I am pretty sure. But apparently, uh, according to the girl who runs Instagram, this mythical race is called Native Americans. Whoa. And they were a collective hive mind who believed certain things once upon a time. Because if they existed at all, it was certainly a long time ago. And it's not like there are any of these people left here amongst us to explain their many and varied belief structures determined by their unique tribal cultures and rich histories. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Tabby is of Apache descent. With living flesh and blood Apache relatives. (laughs) So this is is about to get really personal. Because what this Instagram said, and this is something you hear all the time, specifically from white people, is Native Americans believed, insert hodgepodge of various tribal beliefs all smushed together into one thing, here uh you know and, and it's always yeah, but they believed believed exactly it's always the past tense and it's always like it's one homogenous culture and both of these things are wrong and referring to a person as somebody who was instead of somebody who is is especially harmful because real people are dealing with real consequences of the real history we don't teach, which makes their uphill battle for political, economic, and social equality even harder. A lot of these issues have come to the media forefront lately. You, you of course, are referring to Standing Rock and Mauna Kea. Exactly. Both of these are instances where the government is treating its treaties and the sacred nature of the land as immaterial and the people and their wishes as borderline non-existent. And then you consider other aspects of Native oppression. There are more day-to-day issues, like Native women are paid 58 cents for every dollar made by white men, and this pay gap actually increases at higher levels of education. And throughout North America, Indigenous women are disappearing, they're sexually assaulted, or being found murdered at alarming rates, and, and these crimes are not being treated with the same fervor as they are when white women are the victims, or if they're even addressed at all. There's something specific about the indigenous women being the victims of violent crimes I want to point out. In almost every other ethnic group in North America, you're more likely to be the victim of a crime perpetrated by someone of your own race. But for Native women, it's different. According to a May 26, 2019 article in the Arizona Daily Star, Based on a Department of Justice report, 96% of Native women who experienced sexual violence in their lifetime had a non-Native perpetrator. And these statistics stay congruent throughout the research for all violent crimes committed against Native women. 
Researchers suggest that the intense othering of in indigenous people, i.e. treating them like elves in a fantasy novel, through sanitized history and our cultural attitudes towards Native Americans, may be a significant part of why they're victimized so consistently by non-natives. Uh, but l let me guess. This is part of, of a, a bigger, bigger problem. problem. Uh, much like every problem we bring up. Mm. Um, and that's because American government, politics, and history are complicated. But part of this is because American perception of history is primarily through a white lens. And you can see kind of why this may be. And this is this is in no way a, like, defense uh, paragraph. Yeah. So I, I want to <laughs> preface this with that. But I'm, I'm trying to explore reasons why our history might be so white-centric. And I, I have a theory that people are obsessed with learning the story of their origin. And people dig deep into their parentage or have their genetic profiles mapped so that they can create a sense of identity to define who they are. America was colonized by the white man, and the history of the white man validates his origin story. So you can kind of see why history has become, this history, excuse me, has become so entrenched in elementary education. But the problem is, is America's not a white country. Exactly. So that history shouldn't be the basis right. for what we teach. And this is a reason why the histories of people of color are told in non-sequential chunks. And this makes it seem like these people appeared later than white people and then disappeared just as quickly, giving the impression of impermanence, a lack of impact, and a disconnect from current peoples and events. We don't get to feel the ripples of effect that ancient people of color have on modern society the way we do Rome, for example. Because their history is being used to augment and validate the history of the white man. Yeah, and, and it's not just Native Americans. It's lots of other minority groups in the United States. For example, the true history of black slaves disrupts the fantasy of the romantic oh antebellum God, South. No. Yeah, you know, you don't want to hear about the rape you know, torture and, you know, treating people like chattel when all you want is hoop skirts and, you know, southern gossip. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, the idea that people like fantasize about the glory days where there was like all of this opulence and all of this elegance. And it's like, yes, well, this opulence and elegance is only in existence for one reason. Because we dehumanized and destroyed an entire group of people for generations. Our, our friend Rachel Cohen posted something really, really interesting. Yes, and I think everyone should read this. It's a, an article called Dear Disgruntled White Plantation Visitors. It's by Michael Twitty, and he has a really in-depth, uh, emotion-driven, but sourced and factual take on why, uh, everything to do with this and the sort of... Uh, fantasy that was preserved by plantations in the South that were turned into museums mm -hmm. and how the evolution to true education of the reality of the era has gotten pushed back. Right, right. And she, our friend Rachel, quoted your, like, 
American Downtown Abbey is our American horror story. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it, it perfectly encapsulates the divide between the truth and the fantasy as perpetuated by sanitized history. Mm-hmm. And, and sanitized history, of course, is due to a lot of reasons. yeah well yeah there's many reasons why people create curriculums like this yeah one is because you are in a group of power that has been taught for generations that the actions that were taken at the time were justifiable or even heroic you know you can look at how the texas board of education uh has fought to either change or maintain the way that the Alamo is taught about Mm -hmm. and the war with Mexico over territory when we know now through historical fact that it's a very nuanced issue and the American government was not necessarily the good guys in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can do that because of tradition. You can do that to maintain political power. Mm -hmm. There's so many reasons. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, the way we teach history in school needs to be readdressed. And it comes up a lot in blogs by educators about how history is is completely whitewashed, completely linear for, like, the white man's journey. You know what I mean? Um, and you and I the other day were talking about our experiences in K through 12 and our memories of what we learned in school. And the one that came up every single year that now in hindsight is, is absolutely like insensitive and insane was the Thanksgiving story. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I remember learning about, and this, this is an example of like not only, whitewashing but an example of like censorship as well mm-hmm. in elementary education because children can't hear about how terrible you know humanity is but the the story of thanksgiving how it came about because we had a, a wonderful pilgrim and and when i was in elementary school they said indian which is <laughs> you know it shows it demonstrates how much has changed in the last 20 years 20 years um but the dinner between quote unquote squanto (laughs) which by the way yeah is not his name that was the name given to him by white people Uh his name was t squantum right yes and granted and i just want to say that's not my language and it's not apache so if i butchered that please let me know (laughs) but i will say to squantum now and and fucking pilgrim sam you know, mm-hmm. enjoying their cornucopia meal and sharing thanks and being all lovey and friendly. And like, that is our idea of Thanksgiving five through or K through five, but most likely five through 12, because mm-hmm. at what point are they coming in and like rectifying what they taught us in our fundamental years? Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, so I know you learned this for the last five, six years, but actually, like, how do you do that? How is that yeah. part of education? Yeah, no, Thanksgiving was actually when we slaughtered tribes and then celebrated their deaths. Like, e- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of the Adams family every single time. 
when Wednesday when Wednesday protests the Thanksgiving play she has to be a part of (laughs) in the movie and she uh, leads a revolt against the pilgrims and murders them in in the narrative and it's great and it's wonderful well Wednesday Adams is like half of the aesthetic I'm going for most of the time. Oh, she is absolutely a mood, and uh-huh. she and her mother are goals in every possible way. I know. Especially their social views. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, the censorship is one thing. I The only really true thing I remember learning in fifth grade was about the Holocaust. It's like that's when they make it clear to you that humanity is capable of horrific things well no just the germans yeah you're right because we don't humanize the germans at all no we they're they're sort of like a different species when you're in an american class as a child they're like aliens and it doesn't help that they're the villains of every like really good movie like if you've ever watched indiana jones you Uh already think they're the worst and then on top of that they they compound this with and they're totally responsible for all these horrific things and the americans definitely swooped in out of the goodness of our hearts to save the jewish people Mm -hmm. when that was absolutely not our political motivation there at all but with the, that's it brings up another interesting point, though, is there's a lot of like white hero thrown into our historical uh, education. Well, yeah, it's like the history is only worth telling if we are the heroes. Mm-hmm. And when we're not, it's one of those tiny little snippets at the bottom right hand page of, of your textbook where it's like, did you know the Native Americans actually suffered greatly on the ter- Trail of Tears? And it's like a paragraph. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it it's like we have turned history in our classes into a patriotism machine instead of a record that we should be learning from to inform our future actions. Well, it, and makes you, it really makes me curious about like when the curriculum was written. Are we looking at curriculum that was written like post-World War II and just still used? Well, yeah, especially because they're supposed to revise it every few years and, mm-hmm. you know, to update it for new information and apparently just not fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Please see episode, like three episodes back when we talk about laws not being updated enough in codes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, There's also like this, this issue with relativism. Mm-hmm. That I see in the education system where you and I, at the same age, learned two completely different things. Because you were going to a special I was going to a like a fancy school. liberal school and you were... In public school in Miami. Yeah. I did not learn about China, like its history, until maybe college. And it's funny because me and your husband went to the same middle school and we both distinctly remember learning about Chinese history. Oh, yeah. No. No, I had no clue. Yeah. I knew where it was. Yeah, but I was part of a school that had like a little more autonomy as re- in regards to like their curriculum. Yeah. You know. No, and, and, and it's funny because when I got to college, my degree is in anthropology. And so history goes hand in hand with it. And I felt robbed. Yeah. When I got there and I realized how little my education had included any Asian history, Chinese mm-hmm. or otherwise, I knew very little about Korea outside of the fact that we once were at war in there, mm-hmm. you know, Vietnam, Japan, I knew very little. Uh, or the 
contributions of Muslim culture to the world, to science, to philosophy. Oh, I yeah, that's a big one. None of that. Wait, who, what were you listening to when they randomly asked people, who invented this? Who invented oh, this? Oh, it was an old episode of the daily show where john oliver was still on the daily show and he was out on the streets of new york and he was asking people um who invented certain ideas or inventions and all of it was muslim inventors and and scientists and people were like oh some guy in europe or it was da vinci or you know Mm -hmm. like and it was like oh Mm -hmm. okay so we're not taught anything about but it it, it really goes to show like the depth of the white narrative Absolutely. throughout our education system. Yeah, it's like they popped up in the middle of the early 2000s because we needed a new villain because we'd worn out the Nazis. <laughs> and that's completely doing a huge disservice to that whole region. <laughs> but I think it has a lot more to do with like... With like... <laughs> has a lot more to do with the way we teach history as a country. So for example, something to consider. And again, a lot of this is just me postulating. I don't you know, I didn't really do a deep dive here. I just have all these theories and I'm I think you're right. I'm throwing them <laughs> I at support you. you Kate. But uh something else to consider is the ease of which we process things that are linear. Mm-hmm. And studying the chronological history of one race is easier than studying the many pieces of a puzzle that make up a whole. So our education system would require a complete overhaul to accomplish the goal of teaching children history accurately. And I I have an idea. I agree with it because we discussed it over the phone. <laughs> I, um, I think global studies should be as obligatory as memorizing timetables. So, you know how four times four? Uh, 16. Three times six? 18. 12 times 12? 144. See? Capital of Kazakhstan. No fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. Yeah. It's like, we never, we never learned that. We don't learn geography to that, to that extent. And if a kid was basically forced to know the countries, capital of the country, where's the country, they, they will be able to conceptualize the idea that they are part of a whole. Yeah, and you're part of a whole, but you're not the center of the universe either, which is the problem with a lot of American like teaching, is we definitely yeah. make ourselves feel that way, which is where, I know, we come across as arrogant to all of our European and inter- international listeners. <laughs> we get it. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> they, they, I don't know. They also say Americans are very friendly. Yes, we are very friendly. Yeah. And we're usually pretty polite. But usually we're friendly because... Europeans are likely to talk about like politics and how much money they make and things like that. And I think they think we're friendly and polite because we don't talk about things. Yeah. And we just stand there and smile. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't understand our place in go- global politics. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that's important emphasizing that we're members of a cast. We are not the heroes of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we're all, we're all bit players on 30 Rock. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I miss 30 Rock. I know. Uh, <laughs> secretly, we both want to be Tina Fey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a little closer than you are. I'm kind of jealous of you for that. <laughs> She's amazing. Liz Lemon is a hero. She is my hero. 
<laughs> but but yes, it's true. We need to acknowledge our place in the world mm-hmm. and we need to do that in order to teach not only our impact on the world, but the world's impact on us. Because regardless of whether we teach it or not, other cultures, other peoples have impacted American philosophy, our our way of life, than the white man. It's not just him. (laughs) That one specific white guy we've been talking about throughout the episode. Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, that white man. That one white guy. (laughs) Um, And and I... I I do want to say, like, as a white woman, I don't hate white people. <laughs> and I, I just want to say that, like, throughout the whole episode, we, <laughs> we sound like we hate white people. <laughs> I mean, as a mostly white person, <laughs> I don't hate white people either. I just think that there are a lot of changes that, that need white, to happen. That need to happen. Yeah, and yeah. white people myself included yeah need to be less resistant to it absolutely yes absolutely embrace the way the world is turning i just thought of the dumbest joke in the world tell me <laughs> well ohm and electrical engineering is resistance so uh-huh. just stop with the stop with that <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> like i said it was the dumbest there was literally no place for it and i still had to say it i love you so much i, know I, I wish i wish everyone in, at home could see the glitter in your eyes as you said that as to I say me. stupid jokes it's not stupid if it's electrical engineering based <laughs> it's no, the opposite no. Of jokes stupid. can be objectively not funny and that was not funny that doesn't make it stupid That's well, this is positive reinforcement <laughs> corner with tabby tyler <laughs> Kate can't do anything wrong. (laughs) Oh, yes, I can. Um, Anyway, if if you have a narrative to add to this dialogue, we would 100% appreciate hearing from you because we do recognize that today a lot of what we've said has been kind of our objective assessments of the education system. Mm -hmm. And we, we would like your input and, you know, we would love another take. Yeah. Because we also acknowledge that this podcast is definitely two white girls agreeing with each other. The podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to a iTunes channel near you. But so. please hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at Tyler and France, F-R-A-N-T-Z. And let us know what your take is. Yeah. And until next week, have a great, great night. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. I just winked at people who can't see me wink at them.